Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Atlanta Hawks making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks go up to Philadelphia and get a big win behind Kevin Herter, who lifts the Hawks past the 76ers and claims their ticket in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks are now four wins away from the NBA Finals, and let's go through this game that got them there. Without further ado, let's get into it. What a game from the Hawks. They went into Philadelphia, and as they did in Game 1, as they did in Game 5, the Hawks got the win on the road, and this win sends them to the Eastern Conference Finals back again after the 60-win team in 2015-2016. And what, what, what more can you say about this team of the Hawks? They just never quit. They just never quit. There's no lack of belief. The slogan, believe, is very apt for this team. They just never get down. Philadelphia came out, and they tried to end this game a couple times. Uh, Embiid in particular, Tobias Harris, that freaking Seth Curry, they threw a bunch of punches, and they didn't cut the Hawks any slack at all. And the Hawks were able to go in and get a win on hostile ground. And it was just amazing to watch. It's been so much fun watching this team. And the Hawks, you know, they got their kind of Shake Milton or Tyrese Maxey game. Kevin Herter. Kevon, as John Collins would say after the game, Ron Threesley, Red Velvet, whatever you want to call him, Kevin Herter went up there and just absolutely stuck it to the Philadelphia 76ers on a night when Trey Young didn't have it going shooting-wise. But this was a game where the Hawks came out, and much like Game 6, they got up early. The Hawks took it to the Philadelphia 76ers, started the game on a 5-0 run. But of course, being in Philadelphia and this Philadelphia team, both these teams know each other so well after seven games. Philly went on its own 9-2 run and would take the lead leaving the first quarter. In the second quarter, the Hawks would play their best defensive effort on the court. They held the 76ers to 18 points. Again, much like Game 6, not a ton of scoring. No team scored over 30 points in any quarter in this one. Um, the Hawks in particular would hold the 76ers again to 18 points in that second quarter and would be able to take a two-point lead into the second half, being up 48-46. to And I think at that point... You just had to be so happy that the Hawks kind of took the first barrage from the Philadelphia 76ers. They weren't getting a great game from Trey Young. Trey Young just couldn't fight his shot. Bogdan Bogdanovich, bless him. He started this game. He went. He'd go on to play 20 minutes. He wasn't himself. Just couldn't find the range. And yet the Hawks still find, found themselves up two at halftime. The third quarter would be another slugfest as teams would trade. The teams would trade leads. The Hawks came out and they started. Uh, they responded to, of course, Philly starting the third quarter with a 5-0 run. The Hawks responded right away with an 8-2 run of their own. And then from that point on, this game just went back and forth. This game was played within 10 points on each side. No team got bigger than a 7-point lead. And it was just teams going on many runs, whether it was Embiid and Seth Curry and Tobias Harris getting it going for the Philadelphia 76ers, or Kevin Herter, Trey Young finding Clint Capella, and John Collins doing it for the Hawks, but it would get into the fourth quarter and we had ourselves a game. And as it got down to the last few minutes, the Hawks found themselves having a lead. They had a three point lead with about two and a half minutes to go. Hawks had the ball. And all I could think was like, all right, Hawks go through your offense. No, no time for hero ball. There's no reason you have to take a hero shot. And Trey, who had had a rough night shooting all night, just took, took the shot, took a deep, a deep three pointer and he drilled it. No conscious at all. Just pulled a shot. 
drilled it, and the Hawks were up six. Now, the 76ers would come right back, and they got a nice little layup from Tobias Harris. So this game was not over, but it was just huge getting Trey, seeing Trey hit that shot and having the confidence to continue to shoot that shot. Um, the 76ers would again close this game down to one point, and Kevin Herter, who had just been magnificent all night, was able to draw a foul on Matisse Thibel, and Thibel knew he fouled him as soon as Kevin Herter shot the ball. Kevin Herter used a pump fake, launched a three-pointer, and hurt. Uh, and Matisse Thibel got him right across the head for three foul shots, and that put the Hawks up four. Again, the 76ers would come down. They fed the ball to Joel Embiid, who had Danilo Gallinari on him. Gallo, one of the best things about Gallo is early in this game, it looked like it was not going to be a Gallo game. But Gallo is such a veteran, he doesn't worry about any of this. He takes his shots, and if they're not falling, he continues to take his shots until the coach takes him, takes him out. But Danilo is guarding Joel Embiid, which is definitely not the matchup the Hawks would hope to have. is isn't the ideal matchup. But Gallo gets a little poke away. It goes to Kevin Herter, who throws a beautiful pass up ahead to Air Italy. And again, like game one, Air Italy touched down for another throwdown dunk that put the Hawks up six. And the Hawks would be up 98-92 from that point, and it was a fouling game from then on, and the Hawks would ultimately win this game 103-96. to But just big shots from Gallinari, uh, Kevin Herter carrying the offense in the first half, Kevin Herter really taking it to Seth Curry, who again had a masterful game for the Philadelphia 76ers, but really got taken to task on the other end of the court. Curry would end the game with five fouls, and a lot of that was red velvet going right at the younger Curry brother. And it was just a total team win. Trey Young would finish this game 5 of 23 from the field, 2 of 11 on his three-pointers. None of them bigger than that one he hit with about two and a half minutes to go. But he had 10 assists as well and would finish plus 7. Kevin Herter was led the starters with a plus 8. But just an awesome game from the Hawks. A real, like, real veteran-like win. This team that has a lot of their players getting their first playoff experience. And at this point, both... All of the Hawks players have now played 12 games of playoff basketball. They've had to go through two really difficult defenses um, between the New York Knicks and the Philadelphia 76ers. But you just didn't know how this team was going to act. And they went up to New York and they closed it out in five. And then they were able to go get another closeout on the road against the Philadelphia 76ers. And um, it was just the one thing that really stands out to me about this Hawks team is they just never get down. There's no deficit and it certainly helps that they've come back from big deficits. But there's just no deficit. This team doesn't just put its head down, you know, make some shots, get some stops. And, and they they always think they can win a game. And that, I think it stems from, you know, their best player, Trey Young, always believes that, that he can get a shot off, that he can find the pass to get his teammate open. His connection with Clint Capella, this was finally a solid offensive game from Clint Capella. And Trey was doing a lot of work to get Capella shots that were just alley-oop dunks. There was no Clint Capella bringing the ball down, trying to do one of his reverses or anything. Trey was putting the ball right at the basket, and Clint Capella was finishing over Joel Embiid. But just an awesome game from the Hawks. Neither team shot the ball particularly well. The Hawks were 36 of 81 for 44% from the field. Philadelphia was 42%, 42.5% from the field. Three-point shot, neither team had it going. Hawks were... 20, 26%, 7 of 27, while the 76ers shot at 32%. Both teams got to the free throw line a ton. There's 32 free throws from the Hawks, 9, uh, 25 from the uh, Sixers. 
The big area that the Sixers dominated was fast break points. They got 23 points off of fast break and in transition. And that's the area that they the Hawks had done a nice job all series of kind of limiting what the Sixers could do. And the Sixers finally were able to get out in transition. And that's really where they hurt the Hawks. The Hawks defense was great in the half court. And frankly, the 76ers don't have a great offensive threat besides Joel Embiid. Most of their offenses throw it into Embiid. Let him face up against Clint Capella. Hopefully the Hawks double, and you're hoping Joel Embiid can make the right assist. And after seven games, it looked like Joel was just exhausted. After having games with eight assists, five assists, Joel would finish this game with just three compared to eight turnovers. And uh, that's an area the Hawks really, really took advantage of. Um, the Hawks only had 10 turnovers compared to 17 from uh, the 76ers. And bench scoring, the Hawks won decisively 24-15, to nine-point difference in a seven-point game. The Sixers just didn't get a big boost. They, there wasn't a Tyrese Maxey. Shake Milton came in and just didn't make his shots. He did not have the contribution that he normally does. Um, and the Hawks were able to, to outlast the 76ers, win the game, and now they're moving on to Milwaukee. Um, after the game, the players said that Nate McMillan said, pack your stuff for going to Milwaukee. We're not coming back to Atlanta after we go and beat the 76ers. And what 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 can you say about Nate McMillan? This guy's come in and he's taken over a team and he's lifted them into the Eastern Conference Finals. So just masterful job all around on the Hawks side. Going through some individual performances on the Hawks side. Kevin Herter starts with him. He played 39 and a half minutes. He was 10 of 18 from the field, two of four on his three pointers. Had 27 points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal, um, just one turnover, was plus eight, which was a high for all the starters. He was the one the Hawks could lean on in the first half when Trey didn't have it going, when Bo Bogey definitely wasn't himself. Kevin Herter got to the paint, elevated his six seven body, really allows him to get up over everybody. He can even sometimes shoot over Embiid. And he was everywhere making shots, and, and none bigger than the three free throws he hit at the end of the game. But it was just... They, the Sixers had no answer for Kevin Herter. And when Seth Curry is your your big offensive weapon outside of Embiid, you have to keep him on the floor. The Hawks just attacked him. And it, it was it was super effective. And Kevin Herter, just awesome job. I mean, he was in the same draft class as Trey Young. And to see those two guys now elevated and getting to play in the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be so much fun. Speaking of Trey, he played 43 minutes. Again, did not have his stroke working tonight. He was 5 of 23. 2 of 11 from 3, finished with 21 points still and 10 assists. At the end of the game, when uh, Trey was kind of icing this one with free throws and stuff, you look down and he had 21 points. It's like Trey had a terrible game. How did he finish with 21 points? But he's able to get to the free throw line. And those 10 assists, I swear he could have like 15 assists. I don't know how Ben Simmons ends up with 13 assists and Trey just gets 10. But um, Trey was had all of his passes working. He had, he had a skip ahead right after a thiable dunk that was huge. That kept the Hawks up by three after the Sixers had cut it to one and seemed to have all the momentum. The crowd was going crazy after that thigh bull dunk. He had a beautiful left-handed pass to Clint Capella down low. I still don't really know how Trey got that to him. And then, like I said earlier, he was finding Clint Capella right at the basket, not giving the Swiss Bank any chance to do anything other than just throw it down. Just great game from freaking Trey Young. And again, no conscious end of game. He's shooting poorly, whatever. He takes that big three to put the Hawks up six again with 2.30 to go, and it was just, that's a backbreaker. Um, this had been a slug fight, uh, a, a huge just back and forth in the fourth quarter. Unlike most of these games, there was this wasn't a game that just had one lead change. There was about 
19 or 20 lead changes in this game. And Trey had all the confidence and took his deep shot and made it. John Collins stepped up 5 of 6 from the field, 0 of 1 from the three-point line, but 4 of 4 at the free throw line for 14 points. He had 16 boards, and I, I don't know how JC did it, but he seemed to be everywhere on the glass. Three of those were offensive, um, and after this game, he went to the press conference. Him and Clint Capella uh, were talking post game, and John was wearing a shirt of his dunk over uh, Joel Embiid from game six to the post game for game seven. Just huge flex by John Collins, and it's been awesome to see JC kind of figure his rollout. And he, he his 14 points were huge in this one. He also had one assist, one, one block, and one steal. Mike Capello, what can you say about the guy that is guarding Joel Embiid? He played 32 minutes, was 6 of 8 from the field, 1 of 4 at the free throw line for 13 points. He had 6 rebounds, an assist, and a steal. He continued to kind of figure Joel Embiid out as much as anyone can, figure out that big, big man from Cameroon. But uh, Capello was finally dunking at the basket. And it, it was awesome to see. Bogdan Bogdanovich, again in the starting lineup, he played 21 minutes, just 2 of 8 from the field. I thought one of his layups was huge. Again, this was a game that went back and forth, tons of lead changes. And Bogdan, despite not having his shot working, had a scooping layup that went over Embiid and was able to keep the Hawks in the game. He had two rebounds, two assists, and two steals. The Hawks as a team did an excellent job getting into passing lanes. They had nine steals. Of course, none bigger than the one with uh, Gallo poking it away and getting a dunk. Uh, Lou Williams also had a massive steal in the fourth quarter that was a, a runaway dunk. So when you get Lou Williams and Danilo Gallinari throwing down dunks, I think you just know it's your night. Um, speaking of Gallo, he was 6 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 on his three-pointers, finished with 17 points, had five rebounds, two assists, huge dunk. Uh, again, Gallo, the Rooster, El Gallo. He just is such a veteran. Again, he's going to get his shots up. He's able to go shoot over smaller players. There were a couple times when George Hill was attempting to guard him, and it just didn't have it working. Um, Gallo was just able to shoot over him. And again, it seemed like early on this was going to be a bad Gallo, bad Gallo game, and he was able to just get to his spots, get to his shots, and bury the 76ers. Lou Williams, I thought Nate McMillan did a really nice job on this rotation in this game in particular. Lou played just 11 minutes. He took four shots, was two of four, made both of his free throws for six points. He had two rebounds, two assists, and three steals. Lou, you came in, you got a little bit of Lou, you got good Lou in that moment, and his steals were huge for the Hawks. Okongwu had 15 minutes. He was a team high plus eight and plus minus. He didn't put up a lot of stats on the scoring sheet. He was 0 of 1 from the field, was 1 of 2 on his free throws, three rebounds and one assist. But Okongwu just continues to gain confidence as these Playoff games go on, and I think that can only help the Hawks looking forward. Finally, Solomon Hill came in. He played five minutes, put up no stats, but you got Solomon Hill in there. And so you saw Nate McMillan really tighten his lineup, go to nine players. And even in that point, Solomon Hill didn't play that many minutes. But big up to all the Hawks in there. And, of course, it starts with Kevin Herter. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid just, you know, ho-hum, 31 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. He did have the eight turnovers, but he's just a monster. You can tell he's not 100%. He was settling for a lot of jump shots. He hit two big three-pointers. Both of the three-pointers tied the game uh, for the 76ers, but he just didn't have a lot of help out there. Tobias Harris had his, one of his better games with 24 points, but it took him 24 shots to get there. And there were a lot of shots at the end of the fourth quarter that were right at the rim, and I don't know what was going on with that rim, but they were not going down, and you could see how 
frustrated Tobias Harris was. Seth Curry, I mean, this guy, 16 points on 6 of 10 shooting. Anytime you give him any daylight, he's going to take a three-pointer. He hit a deep three-pointer on John Collins. Um, and you just like, my Lord, are we going to get taken out by Seth Curry? But uh, I thought the Hawks did a nice job of going after him on the other side of the ball. Again, whether it was Kevin Herter, Danilo Gallinari, they even tried to get Trey on Seth Curry on that end. Um, and it led to five fouls from Seth. And uh, despite everything, I I'm just glad we're not going to be seeing Seth Curry anymore. He can go into the offseason. Um, you know, I'm really still mad at the Mavericks for trading him to the Sixers so that the Hawks have to de deal with him more. But Seth Curry, big offensive weapon for the 76ers, and the Hawks did a much better job keeping him in check. Ben Simmons, 36 minutes, just five points, eight rebounds, 13 assists. He had one of the most baffling plays of the entire game when he was under the basket all alone, and he passed it to Matisse Thibel to, to, to attempt to dunk it instead of just dunking it himself. Matisse went up and got fouled. He would only make one of two free throws. And after the game, Joel Embiid talked about that moment and said the turning point was when we had a open shot at the basket and it turned into just one of two at the free throw line. Um, but Ben Simmons just could not figure out what he wanted to do on offense. He had one dunk and he just, there was no confidence on his offensive side of the ball. He actually started to figure out Trey Young a little bit. He had a couple of pokeaways that were very impressive. Just his huge wingspan. He was able to go all the way around Trey he knocked the ball out, but the offensive end was so brutal, Doc Rivers couldn't keep him in in the last two minutes. And uh, the Hawks only went to Hacka Simmons one time in this game. He went one for two. I'll give Nate McMillan a lot of credit. I thought you should go to Hacka Simmons a lot quicker, but he trusted his defense, and the Hawks really bore that out. And then off the bench, like I said, the Hawks bench outscored the 76ers 24-15. There wasn't a lot off the bench. Matisse Thibel had eight points. He had a couple threes, had a nice dunk. Um, and got to the free throw line, but he just wasn't wasn't quite as impactful. And, of course, had that brutal foul on Kevin Herter uh, to send the Hawks back up by four. Um, George Hill came in. He had three points off the bench. And then Tyrese Maxey, after having an absolutely magical game, uh, just had two points off the bench. And uh, just the Hawks were able to weather all storms. They had kind of seen everything at this point. And, again, this is a team that always believes it can get a win. And it was borne out in this game. You could just see how excited everybody was. Trey Young went up to his dad on Father's Day. He actually didn't get to be close to his dad because of COVID protocols that he had to stay separated, but he was able to toss his jersey up to his dad, which was just an awesome little moment. And uh, the Hawks are moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. They've gotten eight. They have eight wins so far in the playoffs, and now they need eight more to claim an NBA championship. But, you know, enjoy this win, Hawks fans. Enjoy this team. They've played so well. They're such a joy to watch. They honestly believe that they can beat anyone. And now it's the final four. You got the Suns and the Clippers on the Western Conference, and you got the Bucks and the Hawks in this one. Uh, there's a lot of great storylines. Coach Bud left the Hawks when they were going into their rebuild, and now he's facing them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you have a lot of Hawks players and a lot of uh, familiarity between these two teams, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But Big win from the Hawks. I mean, I cannot say how – it's like walking on clouds today. You woke up and it's like, it was it a dream that the Hawks won? They came out and they took care of business. And again, it didn't take a perfect game. One of the most remarkable things is the Hawks aren't playing perfect basketball, but they're playing great basketball. And if they continue that, they're going to give the Bucks all they can handle, and we'll see what they can do moving forward. But big win from the Hawks. The Hawks play again on Wednesday up in Milwaukee. So far this postseason, Hawks went up to New York got game one and they went up to Philadelphia to game 
get game one. You know that the Bucks are going to be aware that the Hawks have been doing this, so it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be a little bit different. The Bucks again, are another good defense, um, but I don't know if they're quite the defense that the 76ers are, but this should be a lot of fun to watch, and the KettleCast will be here to provide your recaps after every game. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or a review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that's a huge help. Go Hawks!